What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Smart Business Solutions, the official podcast of GBS, America's productivity partner. Each episode, we are going to explore some of the biggest threats and challenges in today's business world and the vast amount of solutions GBS offers to meet them. So welcome back to part two of our corporate wellness discussion featuring Charlotte Shar and Dan Lasky. In part one of this episode, we discussed the reasons why a company should offer wellness programming to its employees, the importance of wellness in today's business world, and some of the positive aspects of wellness programming for both employers and employees. On today's show, we're going to examine the financial aspects of wellness programs, look at some of the current industry trends, and the steps that a company can take to begin a program for their own employees. So now let's get back to the show. That's great. That's a great example. So kind of to, to go along with that, what, what kind of wellness programs work well yes. that you guys have seen? So this is scientific, not just my experience, but also my experience is that wellness programs that really have the leadership and the management involved tend to work better. Mm. I have seen kind of it come from the bottom up where employees kind of like we're doing this and then the leadership slowly gets involved but they're a lot harder to run. It's a lot harder to get support especially with wellness money and budgets and stuff like Mm -hmm. that but when the culture is shifted and the culture's changed to where leadership is involved and managers are involved it becomes much more streamlined and much more Appreciated. So I just saw this article again, 75, well, two different places, statistics, 50 to 75% of people don't leave their job, they leave their manager. Mm -hmm. So if, and I think we've all been in a job that we're like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to get out of here because of this particular person who is in charge of me. And I've been in the military and I can tell you that uh, you don't get to choose your boss, but you know, like, but, but it is, it can be really rough, right? Like they can literally change the whole, the whole demeanor and culture. And I think, especially in a workplace where there's, it's big workplace and you have different managers, you can see maybe these two people do a similar job, but they have different managers, but one person is so much happier than the other person. Right. Um, And with stress being a significant amount, of workplace stress being very significant for people, really having those managers highly involved. So I kind of want to touch back on employee assistance program, EAPs. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are very underutilized. I think we have like a 1% utilization, 1.7% up to maybe six, which is very, very low. Employers use this as a resource of, hey, we know you have a lot going on. We want to help you out. But it, if no one's giving them the education behind it and noticing there's something wrong, then it's not going to get used. Well, we have an employer who their managers are trained on this program. They know every aspect of their AAP. They have a 40% utilization rate. Mm. And their huh. their job is extremely stressful because they you know handle drug addiction and stuff like that. So um, it, it's very, very uh, impacting on the emotional well-being of a person. So it's much more... I think it's important for every employer, but for them it was very important because if you're helping other people but you're not getting help, that's a huge deal. But the fact that their leadership meetings are, that's incorporated. You know, we're going to talk about that. Another thing that you can do to sprinkle, I call it sprinkling in wellness because maybe you don't have a formal plan, but you want to offer something for your employees is, hey, we're having a meeting, but we're going to all get up and stretch. And it's so much fun. People love that, you know, and it's silly and people laugh. And what I often see is, you know, 
it's more of a social kind of stress relief and everyone's laughing and having fun than an actual stretch, you know? Yeah. Or uh, my colleague Cindy did, a, she gave a presentation and she had everyone stand up and do laughter yoga. And it was like just the biggest hit, right? So it's just sprinkling it in throughout whatever you're doing. And mm -hmm. then um, maybe it's in that huddle in the morning if you have a production company and your that manager has a little meeting before they start. Maybe it's a couple wellness tips, you know, or it's, hey, let's do a couple stretches or how's everybody doing today? That simple, how are you doing? And that noticing when somebody, knowing your employees and noticing when someone isn't, where they're at. So I like to tell the story when I was active duty army, I had my son when I was on active duty and I had just switched companies, but still like I just had a baby mm -hmm. and my commander, I was a first Lieutenant. He said, uh, you know, you have to fill out these risk assessments on yourself. And I was only getting three hours of sleep at night. My husband was deployed. I was like, um, on my own, <laughs> like active duty with this baby. And, yeah. and he goes, why are you only getting three hours of sleep a night? I said, I have a newborn. And he's like, oh my gosh, you have to remind me about that. You should never have to remind your first line leader that you just had a baby. So I always go back, reflect on that of if he did, and then I, I became resentful a lot after that just because he, you didn't know, right. you know, and, and I just literally had a baby. You met my baby, like really? <laughs> but knowing your employees, knowing what they're going on in their life, oh my husband, her husband's deployed, she just had a baby. Like, I should know these things as her leader. And so I think knowing your employees is so important and knowing what they're going through in their personal life is huge. Mm -hmm. And then offering them resources to support that. And something I wanted to touch on too that you had, you had talked about in the beginning with the wellness programs that work is use surveys. Yes. We use surveys the last two years and, you know, we get back tons of responses and we, we kind of, make the wellness program go where the employees want it and what they want to do. And whenever we did do that, you know, of course the participation goes up in different different wellness things that we do throughout the year, which that's a way you can look at getting some data back real quick is year yes. after year, looking at what worked from, we'll say 2018 to 2019, what programs the employees didn't seem to really catch on with mm -hmm. versus other ones where they really liked it. And then you can bring it back for next year. Sure. Yeah. So the first year Dan and I started working together, it was like, let's come up with this program. And it was like the two of us. And then the next year we're like, okay, now we need to survey people to see what they say. Because what Dan and I think is great might not be what everyone else thinks is great. And we didn't even have data back then um, mm -hmm. to even go off of. But a lot of things were hit and then some were misses. And it, it's knowing that I remember I had like hydration like getting people to drink more water is huge and it sounds so small, but it's a really easy kind of campaign to do. And one of my clients tried to do it and like, it, it usually goes really well for all of them. And they're like, nobody liked that. And I'm like, oh shoot, <laughs> like, you know, like it doesn't work, but let's survey them. Would they like to do that? And then when you get the uh, voice of the people, cause even though you have in your mind a strategic plan of we're gonna tackle these five things, how you go about tackling them matters to what the employees want. Sure. That makes good sense. So what are, and again, Charlotte, I know you touched a little bit on this earlier, but what are some of the current trends that you're seeing in, in wellness? Absolutely. So right now for inform the, the biggest thing we're seeing is mental health. Mental health is huge. We already talked about people being stressed out. A lot of that Generation Z who's coming out of college, coming out with all this debt, 
and mm -hmm. uh, very stressed out. I mm -hmm. mean, and they don't know, you know, they're wondering how am I going to do all of this? How am I going to have right. a house payment and a student loan payment and X, Y, Z? And then you have not just them, but all generations facing this mental health crisis because today's worker, right? Today's family, I should go to the family. Today's family is usually comprised of a full-time working mom, a full-time working dad trying to raise a family. Mm -hmm. And if they don't have support from their family, like grandparents and relatives, it can be very, very hard and stressful. And there's so much demanded on us as not only an employee, but as a spouse and a mother or, right. or father. So mental health is trending huge right now, uh, getting resources in to help people cope. So 60 to 80% of doctor's visits are stress-related with only 3% of those people getting stress management. And wow. so think about it, your doctor has 15 minutes for you. They're looking at the computer the whole time. Oh, you're depressed, here's some a prescription for that. Oh, you have this, here's a prescription, when maybe that person just needs to learn coping skills. So what we're seeing now is employers offering coping strategies. And this sounds really fluffy, but it's something that's really working in a lot of different industry, is a wellness room or a quiet room, a relaxation mm -hmm. room where an employee can go in. In that room, you would have a ton of resources available you know, their EAP pamphlet would be in there, their health insurance pamphlet, maybe they have community resources in there because that's another big thing you can use. And then they have a chair they can just sit back in, play some quiet music or none at all, you know, have some essential oils diffusing. Mm -hmm. And Dan's implemented a, a similar program, but people love it because mm -hmm. our minds are going 100 miles per hour all the time and we need something to bring us back down. We need strategy to know how to cope and that's, what I see through and through is just learning coping skills for just life that, you know, when you're always running, you need yeah. to learn how to shut down. So that's what we're really seeing trending right now. And then, you know, other things, always the top ones are physical fitness, you know, um, nutrition, learning with all these trending diets. What, you know, I always get like, what's the best diet? And I'm like, well, really just, there's no best diet. Everyone has a diet, right? You're, what you're eating is your diet. Right. And it's a whole foods approach, understanding that, understanding, you know, what works, what doesn't. But really we're seeing more of total well-being. So whole person approach versus, oh, here's just, you know, here's some exercise to do. But if you understand that exercise is a stress reliever, it's a coping mechanism. It yeah. releases endorphins in the body. It helps with sleeping. You're much more likely to appreciate that exercise session. And what we know uh, from being grateful is that exercise, a lot of people who have more gratitude in their life tend to exercise, keep up with their exercise. Mm -hmm. And it's because they're grateful for what it's doing for them in that moment, not what they're hoping to get out of it in the long run. Interesting. So knowing that though, right? Like it's all about the education piece. If I don't know yeah. that and I just think exercise is a weight loss tool right? Uh, to look better, then it's, I'm not going to stick with it. But if I know what it's doing for me in those moments and what it's contributing to my life, then I might be much, much more likely to stick with it. So we're seeing whole person approach, which Dan is doing a wonderful job of implementing here at GBS. And do you want to talk a little bit about your um, stress management sessions? I think they're... They're really good. Yeah. One of the big things that we noticed on the data was that a lot of people had depression type issues. Mm -hmm. And with this, 
you know, we, we were looking at ways to, to basically decrease stress. So a lot of them was, like I said, we used, um, we used an app called Calm and we'd go into like a dark room, you know, like with lights and stuff. And then basically listen to basically like a, a meditation and, and then, you know, people would just be calm for that 10, 15 minutes away from their job. And it's been really highly, like, because we survey. Yeah. So we know that these people are appreciating this yeah. and they don't want it to go away because, you know, although he's getting kind of the same people that come to these, hopefully this year we'll be able to attract more people. But they, they're like, this is the best thing. And yeah. Just learning, so exercise, deep breathing, which is part of that Calm app or part of coping skills is huge. You know, if, you know, going back to deep breathing is free, you know, it doesn't, it's not strenuous. <laughs> right. And it can literally reduce your risk of stroke and heart attack. Um, if you can learn to, to calm down and to get into that place of coherence. Mm. So be before my life in the corporate world, I worked at the Army Wellness Center supporting soldiers and their families. And we did what we call biofeedback. And part of that was stress management. And we used this little, it's called like an M-wave where you attach it to your finger so we can measure oh, yeah. your ability mm -hmm. to go into a state of coherence, which is a more scientific term. I think people like to hear that better than meditation, but it's mm -hmm. the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, but the people who could go into that better are people who have a hobby, they have some, or they have a, they play musical instrument, or they know, they do yoga, or they know how to do, uh, they know how to get to that place. Mm. So, so getting to that place is so important. And then what I also found is that people who have like a lot of health conditions had a little bit more trouble getting to that place. So interestingly enough. So anyways, just using those coping skills and it sounds frilly and like rainbows and butterflies, but it's really scientific and there's a lot of research to back all of this. So, uh, it, Well, and just to, to speak to that, I, I know Dan's de-stressor sessions have been very, very positive. Yes. I mean, everybody that's gone I, and I, unfortunately haven't made it to one yet i plan on it yeah now you know <laughs> <laughs> but i know that i mean just the other day you were doing one and i think it was at the youngstown office and it was at 2 30 or something mm -hmm. and then i see like four or five people coming down the hallway in this big group and they're heading up to the i'm like what's going on am i missing something it's like oh yeah that's a dan's doing a de-stressor so i know that yep. they are they are being very well received so absolutely yeah that's fantastic so Okay, so I had a question I wanted to ask you. The, the term wellness dollars, what, what are wellness dollars? Yeah, so uh, wellness dollars are given to a company by the health insurance carrier. So they're not a guarantee. You're not always going to get them. They're not always going to stick around. So if you get them one year, not saying you're going to get them the next year. The health insurance carrier gives these dollars. One, they want your employees to be healthy because then, you know, if, you, if the employees, the employees costing them money too. So it's a way to get employees healthy to lower cost. Mm -hmm. Like I said, every industry is different. I've had groups not be able to get them at all. I've had groups get them consistently year over year. The dollars, how they're spent depends on the carrier. I've had carriers basically say, spend them however you want. Others say, here's our list. You have to get approval before you spend them. So I, I took a forward approach of, no matter what, you should get approval before you spend the dollars, whether they required it or not. Um, mm -hmm. If you do a Fruit Friday and then you spend $400, because it's a reimbursement type program. So I the see. company spends the money first. And then the carrier comes back and says, oh, yeah, we're not going to 
I'll refund you for that. Mm -hmm. But if you have it in writing, so I'm a big, everything should be in writing and in an email and all that stuff, then you can come back on the carrier and say, well, wait a second, we kind of ran into this. You approved this in the past. Why are you not approving it now? Mm -hmm. So moving forward, it's just a get approval first. Wellness dollars are negotiated at renewals. So like if you're mid-year, you can't go and be like, hey, I want wellness dollars. It's something that typically your broker helps you negotiate. And it's kind of leverage. So if you're looking at a couple carriers and they're kind of offering the same, but one's going to give you wellness dollars and one isn't, you might be more apt to go with that carrier. Like I said, all carriers are different. Some are big about giving them and some are like, nope, not going to. (laughs) Uh, It's kind of like water bottles. I used to be able to get tons of water bottles from all the carriers. And now they're all like, no. (laughs) I'm like, well, please. So I just get my my colleagues to give them a hard time. I usually can get some. But different for every client, used for the group to get them healthier, those on the plan. So as we know, not all, some, you know, like I work for, who I work for, I don't have their health insurance. Hmm. I have my own uh, through the military. So I don't use it. um, So I don't get any wellness like I can participate, but I don't get anything for it. So just because an em- so employers can offer wellness programs uh, that just tailor to the people on their plan or to everyone. Gotcha. Yeah, that's, that's important to know. No, that's good. So it's another tool that potentially employers can use for their program. Yep, negotiated at renewal. Yeah. So I suggest if you've never had wellness dollars or never heard of that, when your renewal comes up, ask for it. Right, right, great. Very good. So, so say someone is out there, uh, a, a company that currently does not offer a wellness program for their employees. What would they do or what could they do to get started offering one? Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, understand the resources that are available to you through not only your carrier, because carriers have a lot of wellness resources, believe it or not, most do. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's wellness dollars. Maybe they have a health risk assessment on the site that you can get data from if you can get employees to take it. Maybe they even have gift cards available to employees if they they provide the employee if they go on and take a health risk assessment mm-hmm. or something. So mm-hmm. every carrier is different and it changes every year. So I suggest you just reach out to your carrier or your broker, so your broker should be able to do that for you because as we know, HR people are really busy and the last thing we want is for them to be doing more work. So reach out to the carrier, find out what wellness resources available to you through them. Your broker might have wellness resources available. So your community might have wellness resources available. You might be able to get a nonprofit to come on site. There's a nonprofit, a mental health nonprofit that will come on site and it's called breaking the stigma and they'll come in and give a presentation to employees on breaking the stigma of mental health and so mm. you don't know what's available to you in the community so right. community american heart association is a really great resource i've used over and over american cancer society so there's a lot of community resources uh, but once you know what's kind of available to you the next thing is understanding your data and that's something your broker or if you don't have a broker your carrier can help you with sit down and understand what your company is at risk for if you get data. So a fully insured group, harder to get data, don't always get it. Mm-hmm. But still understanding, survey your employees. Right. Find out what they want. That's data. That's something you can use. Right. Start a wellness committee too. That was another big Absolutely. thing that helped us. Uh, wellness yeah. committees are huge because, you know, Dan is one person. And, yep. and, and luckily, GBS has Dan, because normally falls on an HR person whose plate's already overfilled. Right. Uh, so Dan's really been able to take this by the reins and lead the wellness committee and implement these programs. 
But a lot of companies, believe it or not, don't have a Dan. And I wish they did. Yep. I tried to tell them to, but you can't. <laughs> you can't make anybody do anything. But uh, but you, a wellness committee not only helps spread the love, right? Like So everyone's helping. These are your foot soldiers. So if you have a wellness committee, it should be made up of someone from each division or location. Because mm-hmm. if an employer has multiple locations. And what that does is they kind of are the voice for those people. And right. they're the ones carrying out the mission. They're the ones who are saying, okay, we're going to go in, we're going to promote this, and we're going to give feedback. And we, Dan gets great feedback from the wellness committee on kind of what they liked, what they didn't like, what they're mm-hmm. hearing around the office. Yeah, we do like quarterly meetings to see what worked and what didn't work. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the surveys at the end help too, but this right. just gives me a heads up, heads up throughout the year. Yeah, definitely. And then they are the ones who are promoting the programs because Dan they can't be everywhere all right. at once, right? He nope. doesn't reach all employees. So he ha- So these people are the uh, voice. And then they help to carry out tasks too. So if you have a health fair, your wellness committee, each member can be tasked with bringing in a vendor for that health fair mm-hmm. or, um, you know, pr- promoting it within the company, getting people excited about it. So, and... Uh, wellness committee members love it. These people are typically people have passion for wellness anyways. Right. And maybe they don't have the background or they don't really want to make it a career, but they love it. Mm -hmm. And so I know when I got to my workplace, no one took wellness walks, you know, and, and, but there's a lot of people there who love wellness. I was like, let's go for a wellness walk. And they're like, Oh, are we allowed? And I was like, (laughs) I went to the boss the regional manager is like, can we go on a wellness walk for like five minutes? He's like, absolutely. Like no one asked, right? And these people right. love wellness, but they're just like scared and they yep. don't know. Yep. Um, but you bring someone in who's like, let's go take the stairs. Like we'll follow them up the stairs, believe it or not. So follow the leader. Follow mm-hmm. the leader. So it's definitely getting that committee formed is huge. We see much more success in programs that have a committee versus those that don't. I've literally seen an HR person become unwell due to wellness <laughs> because um, it's all there it's all stress. on them and it's yeah. like I can't do everything I'm you know so it's wellness committees can definitely help with that and then your mission vision next and this usually aligns with the company's mission vision mm-hmm. um, of the wellness program and taglining it or whatever it might be making your own logo for the wellness committee branding it if that's allowed sometimes it's not but you know having your own little spin on the wellness program can help people to like just think if you receive a paper about maybe a campaign that's coming up and it has the little wellness logo on it, it just seems a little more official, a little more exciting to participate in. Yeah, right. um, so mission visions next. And then obviously from there, you're going to want to put in the programming and strategically, you know, based off of your data that you've gathered and that you've strategically <clears throat> put out. And, you know, once again, the committee is usually a big part of that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you guys for being here. Dan, I, I want to thank you because having this conversation has made me even appreciate what you do for us here at GBS thank even you. more. So thank you for that. And Absolutely. Charlotte, thank you for your cooperation and collaboration Absolutely. with Dan. And I, I think this is, um, this is some great information. And hopefully if this, you know, if one company or, or one, you know, one business out there gets involved and gets a wellness program going for their employees that that hadn't in the past then then it's a, that's a great great success and a great great way to spend our time so Absolutely. thank you guys we appreciate you sharing your knowledge and and for being with us today thank you yep thanks 
This show has been a production of GBS. For more information on the topics discussed today or the solutions offered, contact us at marketing at gbscorp.com. That's marketing at gbscorp.com. Or you can call at 800-552-2427. And lastly, check us out on the web at www.gbscorp.com. That's www.gbscorp.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes.